unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of some ages? This is the Raw and Scripted Show with Christopher Roush, your host, where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help, fluffy bullshit. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's Tuesday night, 7 p.m., of course, as it always is here on the Raw and Scripted Show. So if you enjoy the show, please go ahead and put that in your calendar just to notice that it's always going to be here every, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And here's something else. I didn't ever tell you guys about this. On my website, ChristopherRoush.com, you can go there to the events tab and you can see everything that I'm up to. You can see what's up on Clubhouse. You can see what's up on my Raw and Scripted show. You can see what's going on on the Unfiltered Experience. You can see whatever's going on with speeches that I'm doing, events that I'm doing. We're putting up the events right now, so we're making sure that we're populated so you can see wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, that you guys can get plugged into all things Christopher Roush and the No Excuses Coach and the Raw and Scripted show. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're here, uh, live or on the replay, thank you so much for supporting the Raw and Scripted show. Thank you so much for supporting me and everything that I do. I appreciate each and every one of you. I love coming here every single week and just bringing you either the raw stuff with myself or the stuff with uh, my special guests. So uh, appreciate you, appreciate you. We got Robert in the house. What's up, Robert? Good evening, brother. He says, good evening, Christopher. Thank you so much for being here. For some reason, I feel like it's been a minute since I did my show. You know, time is flying by so fast and I'm like, oh my God, things are just happening. Things are just happening. Things are just happening. But I just, it, feel, it feels like it's been a minute since I've done the Raw and Scripted show, even though I just did it last week, of course. Last week we had, uh, who do we have on last week? Who do we have on last week? Um, that's crazy. We had the shame doctor on last week, didn't we? Didn't we have the shame doctor on last week? Who do we have on last week? Robert. Hey, what's up, Scott? Good to see you, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you. Who did we have on last week? That's going to bug the heck out of me. Who did we have on last week? Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me. This is a pop quiz. I could, I could go figure it out. Um, let's see. Who was on last week? Um, uh, because I want to give him a shout out. I want to make sure. Yeah, it was a shame doctor. It was John Dunia. That was a great show, by the way. If you didn't, didn't get a chance to uh, see that or watch it or hear it or whatever it is, please go back and check that out. It was a great show talking about shame, talking about guilt, talking about all the different emotions that we have going on in ourselves that sometimes hold us back. So, um, yeah, go ahead and check that out. We got uh, we got everybody saying hello, hello, hello. We got Robert saying over here, he goes, I remember that feeling. I found a way to slow that time down. How did you learn how to slow time down, Robert? That's one thing that I feel like is, is is the major source of my anxiety lately, aside from the world trying to monkey fuck itself into oblivion, is the fact that um, that's a joke, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. We're trying to fuck the world into a, we're trying to monkey fuck the world into an oblivion. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was gonna go with that. Anyways, so thank you guys for being here. Appreciate you both. Uh, by the way, guys, if you don't know this uh, already, I, I've been saying this a little bit more, but um, my podcast. This is actually this actually started off as a podcast. So if you are at all interested in getting the audio version of this, and in case you can't catch it live here on the uh, video cast, you can go over there. It's right up on the screen, ChristopherRoush.com, podcast-shows. If you go over there, there's a media player. You can click subscribe. You can go on iHeart. You can go on uh, Spotify. You can go on iTunes. You can find The Raw and Scripted Show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I would appreciate and love it if you would do that. Um, so it is up there on iTunes, the most popular spot, and we're getting po more popular. We're popular in India. We're in Russia. We're in Germany. We're expanding. We're taking over the globe, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we are doing here on The Raw and Scripted Show. And the purpose of the show really is just to bring raw and scripted conversations that are designed for you guys to move the needle on something that's going on in your life. 
What is going on in your life that can possibly, we can move the needle on in this conversation to shift your perspective, change your expectations, give you some more strategies to be able to handle certain situations more effectively. That's my job. That's my goal. That's what I love to do every day because whether, uh, whether you know it or not, most of the stuff I talk about is shit I've been through or it is stuff that I've coached people through. So I feel like I'm a, somewhat of a subject matter expert on that. And uh, tonight we got a good show for you too as well. Um, I just wanted to share with you guys. I always share some personal stuff that's going on uh, today. I got to tell you guys, I got to tell you, today has been one of those days, one of those days. You know when you have the, one of those days and you, and for me, if something bad happens or something, you know, negative happens, whatever you might be, um, you know, I'm pretty good at saying, okay, a bad moment doesn't equal a bad day. I'm pretty good at that. And this morning I came in here and I was going to pre-record one of these shows for a gentleman that's in the UK who doesn't want to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to do it live because they're nine hours ahead. So we're going to record that. I boot up my computer, my nice computer that I bought uh, about two years ago, spent a good dollar on, make sure I had right equipment for what it is that I'm doing here and broadcasting and streaming and everything. And my beautiful computer did not start. Oh, yeah. Heard a click, click, click. And the Dell computer thing came up and all of a sudden nothing happened. And I'm like, okay, well, I've got my stuff backed up for the most part. But then I was like, okay, I've got a leather laptop that I have that's like seven or eight years old. That laptop's slower than shit, doesn't do anything anymore. Great, awesome. So we are broadcasting live on a brand new laptop courtesy of Best Buy and my credit card. Um, so yeah, when you figure things out, you got to figure them out. So I was able to load all the software, get my mixer hooked up, get the microphone hooked up, get everything hooked up in order to bring you this show tonight. So yeah, it's just been crazy. And the other thing that that was odd about today is going out to Best Buy, you know, making an emergency run out there. And I don't struggle with anxiety very much. But what was weird today is I struggled with a little bit of social anxiety. It was crazy being out in public. There was a lot of traffic going to Best Buy. You know, there were some tweakers outside and it was just like, you know, people are starting to lose their mind a little bit going to the store. I'm sitting there looking for laptops. The tweakers come inside. I'm like sitting there thinking, okay, are they going to hold the place up? You know, they were definitely not buying laptops and they came to the laptop area and I'm like, okay, what's going to go down? Is somebody going to start shooting? What's going to, you know, I'm like, I just want to get a laptop so I can do my stuff and go home. And it was crazy. It was just weird. And then there was problems with process and the payment and just all this different stuff. And so it's just been one of those days where I'm just like, hmm. So what did I do before I did the show? I walked out on the patio and I set the intention. I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give the best show of my life. I'm going to re remove the stress and everything and have a great conversation with my guest. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We pause. We take a moment before we go into something else. We don't carry the same baggage with us into that next moment. I sat out there and I was like, just doing some breathing. You guys have heard me about it. Four seconds in, hold it for four seconds, four seconds out, hold it for four seconds. Just do that four times. And while you're saying your intention, my intention is to have a great show and a great conversation. My intention is to have a great show and a great conversation. My intention is to wow the audience and, and to give all sorts of value. That's my intention. That's what I do. And that's what we're doing right now. So uh, without any further ado, I'm hoping that my guest is there. I don't see her on camera. Um, there she is. All right. Just want to make sure what's going on here. So I had the privilege of meeting, uh, what's up? Pamela Aubrey's in the house. She goes, hello, my brilliant friend. Brilliant. I don't know if you just heard what I was just talking about, but uh, yeah, it's been one of those days, man. What's up? Thank you so much for being here. So as you know, I guys, I talk about Clubhouse quite a bit. I met John Dunia, the guy that was on last week through Clubhouse. And this is also the same thing. I, I got the opportunity to meet Christina Sanderson through Clubhouse. And we were doing this uh, marathon, if you will, of Clubhouse rooms. And I just have to say the way she moderated the rooms, and if you don't know what moderation means, the way she 
handled the flow, the operations, the back channel, if you will, um, with all the different speakers, with all the different hosts, with all the different um, contest rules, everything that we were doing, uh, this woman handled it brilliantly. She had the confidence, she had the charisma, she had the stoicism, she had everything going on. And I was just immediately attracted to her vibe and her energy, not realizing how young she is. And looking at her backstory and looking at what she's accomplished by starting her own business, which I believe she was 14 years old, uh, she's just a magnetic, brilliant person. And as is quoting uh, Pamela here, she says brilliance. Uh, so anyways, love, welcome to the Ron Unscripted Show, Christina Sanderson. Christina, how you doing tonight? I am good, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to rock and roll this conversation right now. I'm just getting used to my computer here because my all my settings and everything <laughs> are completely out of whack. So I'm like, okay, everything is normally pretty easy. So let me just adjust this right here so I can see your face. Um, thank you for being on the Raw and Scripted Show. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How has your day been going? We've been uh, we've been trying to connect all day long and uh, been having some challenges. How's your day going? It's been good. Well, my 21st birthday was on Saturday, so I am currently out of town. I'll be coming back tomorrow and my flight leaves at like six in the morning. So I've been spending the last couple of days like packing and getting ready to go back, going through my email since I was out of town uh, prior to my birthday as well. So it's been busy, but you know, that's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah, it is a great problem to have. It is a great problem to have. So um, this is going to be a cool conversation because I don't really know you that well. So let's just dump, jump into it. I mean, uh, in reading some of your stuff, you know, seeing that you started your business at such a young age, talk to us about your backstory a little bit. Talk to us about your journey of Christina up until that time and then a little bit after that time. Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, well, I started my entrepreneurial journey at 14. Uh, my dad was my first client, actually. Um, my dad was a parallel entrepreneur, so he did. He was in oil and gas, and he did OSHA training within his own business. And when it got time that you know couldn't do everything himself, like I think most solopreneurs have this conversation with themselves sometime, right? Um, and he said that he wanted to hire someone. I was like, oh, you should hire me. And he said, oh, I'll bring you on as a contractor, but I won't bring you on um, in house. And I couldn't figure out why. But he had me write my own contract. He had me write down what my deliverables were going to be, how often I wanted to get paid, how much I wanted to get paid. And it gave me the experience, I think, that I needed when I was really young to be able to be my own representative. Um, so that was my first kind of test, right? So through my work with my dad, um, I was able to get bigger contracts because I was in the social media management space and I was also making print marketing materials and his business flourish, you know, the beauties of marketing. And um, he was like, yeah, you know, this is what she does and she charges. And I got my first couple clients and those turned into bigger clients. And throughout the years, I've been able to have some just beautiful client relationships and it's been six years now, you know, I just turned 21 and um, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. So that's me in a nutshell. That's how it started. And that's how I got to where I'm at now. Um, and now I focus on how companies can basically incorporate marketing and recruitment strategies into their business, because I think that you need to be considering both of these things at the same time. So usually on the clubhouse streets, you can hear me talking about either marketing or recruitment or speakers, because that is my wheelhouse. So that's me in a nutshell. You in a nutshell. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. So we're up until the age of 14. Did you do other like entrepreneurial stuff like lemonade sands or sell stuff? We've always, have you always been that person or that's what's what no, happened? No, actually. I was always surrounded by it with my dad, but I never really thought that it could be me. 
And I think that if my dad hired me as an employee, I probably still wouldn't have thought <laughs> that I could have been an entrepreneur. Um, but it always seemed like, you know, something that was far away. And I think that even, you know, after I moved out of my parents' house and as I started exploring, you know, this great big world on my own, I still didn't think that entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur could be a full-time lifestyle. Like I was part-time for a while. Um, and then, you know, I, I had to take a risk. I said, you know, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to call off my jobs and I'm going to try to figure this out for a month. If I can't match my salary in a month, then I'm going to go back. <laughs> and the first month I, I matched it. The second month I doubled it and then I tripled it and then I quadrupled it. And it just went up from there. But um, prior to 14, I didn't even think that it was an option because I saw how hard my dad worked, you know, with doing both. And that's what I thought the reality was. And that's what I did for a long time, too. Um, so I actually didn't think that it was an option for me. Mm. Yeah, we got Robert already saying, wow, what's up? What's up? Um, yeah, impressive. And Pamela saying, hi, Christina. Um, yeah, so uh, so up until that point, you didn't see that. So what type of what type of impact did that have when at 14 years old, you're starting your own business uh, on your friendships? Because I would think at 14 years old, being a young lady, you know, wanting to be more concerned with your friends and doing stuff and school stuff and everything else. How did that impact your relationships? Did your friends be like, what, what the hell are you doing? Or were they kind of keen on that and wanted to do the same? Oh, that's a great question. I think when I was younger, it didn't have as big of, a, of a, a toll. But I think as I, you know, graduated high school and I was doing both, right? So I had my small business and I was working a nine to five as well. And I, that was just my reality. But a lot of my friends from high school were going to community college or, you know, going to four year. And they were like, hey, you know, like call off for the weekend. And I was like, well, I can't because I need to be able to pay my rent, right? Um, so I Little think, <laughs> right? We were in very different spaces. So I think when I was younger, I didn't feel it as much because I was doing a lot of things. I was super busy. I did sports. I was doing enrolled in college when I was in high school. I had my business. Um, so I've always been kind of a go-getter in that regard. But when I moved out and I graduated and you know, my friends went one direction and I went a different one. And that's when I really started to feel it. And I was like, oh, wow, well, maybe, you know, maybe this isn't cut out for everyone. And maybe I do need to try to, you know, reestablish what my friend base looks like now that I am entering, you know, a whole new space. Mm, I love it. I love it. Um, what you're talking about is passion and determination, you know, commitment, consistency, things of that nature, the, the secret sauce of what it really means to become a successful entrepreneur. Um, so what would you say to people right now? I mean, let's think about, you know, what we've been going through for the last 18 months or however long it's been now since the beginning of COVID. Let's just say that for the sake of the recording of this podcast. Um, what would you say to people who right now have been in a situation where they could pivot and they're feeling the same way you were, they're older, um, they're, they're, they're conscientious about what they're earning and everything else. What, what advice would you give to people to have, to, to create that tenacity and create that, that why in their lives to be able to accomplish what you've accomplished? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I think that you just have to do it. You know, I think, you know, in the world of marketing, everything comes down to what is your why? Why are you in business? Why are you doing this? What makes you different? Who are you looking to target? And how do we speak their language? Um, and I think it's interesting being in this world and knowing that a lot of entrepreneurs haven't really done that deep dive within themselves and said, you know, why am I truly doing this? What is really going to make me different? 
But I think start with that because that's going to be your fuel and everything. When you hire someone new, when you, you know, develop a new product, um, when things are tough, when you don't have any orders, or you don't have any clients, um, knowing why you're doing it, I think is the most important thing. So sit with that. Think about that. And, you know, Tony Robbins has this, this exercise and it's like, you know, write down how much you want to make in a year and then break it up by the month and then by the quarter and then, you know, figure out how much you need to make an hour, like break it up into really just simple terms and say, this is what I'm reaching towards. And I think every day you'll get closer to it. And there's some days that you'll fall short, but you can always make it up on the back end. But I think that quantifying that and what it realistically could look like is really important. And think about what your own capacity could be and how you want to scale your own position as you move forward within your business, right? Because you're going to hire someone, right? You can't do everything by yourself. So the question is, 10, 15, 20 years from now, what is the ideal situation? Do you want it to be a completely you know, self-oiled machine? Do you want to be in the boardroom facilitating the meeting? Uh, or do you still want to be having those direct interactions with your clients? Thinking about that and then you know, what can you start with right now? What can you start with tomorrow? And then moving forward with, uh, from there, I think is what helped me. <laughs> so I hope that it helps someone else. Oh yes, yes, I'm sure it will. Talk to us about what you, what your, what your process is for setting goals, because I would imagine at a young age you had to be very clear and intentional about the goals that you wanted to set. Talk to us about what that process is for you. Oh yeah, so I'm a very strong advocate of writing down your smart goals. So if you haven't looked up what smart goals are already, please do. Um, it makes everything clearer. Um, and accountability partners are huge for me. You know, like in the beginning of the quarter, I will write down all of the big things that I need to get done and I'll call up. That's, I think that's the beauty about entrepreneurship. I'll call up my entrepreneur friends and I'll say, hey, before we get lunch, before we get coffee, before we do anything, I want you to make sure that I have this done. And I'm like, what do you want me to hold you accountable for? And those are my partners and they'll call me and they'll say, hey, have you finished this? And I think it helps, especially in the beginning because you know, you are by yourself a lot. And I think that sometimes it's like, oh, well, it's me against the world, but you have a community, so tap into it. But I think that the accountability partnership and having like clear, concise, measurable goals is so very important. And I think that's, you know, that helps you really figure out what the small puzzle piece is and the big picture. Mm, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. We got some more people in the house. We got Ray's in the house. What's up, Ray? He says, good evening, Misfits for Life. That's what they call my community. <laughs> Misfits for life. Hell yeah. What's up, brother? Good to see you. We got Deborah in the house. What's up, Deborah? Deborah Hansen. She says, love your content, Christopher Roush. Why, thank you very much, Deborah <laughs> Hansen. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for being here and spending your time with us. Uh, Ray saying his introductions. We got Teresa Turner in the house, a fellow Misfit for Life. She says, hello, everyone. Hello, Teresa. Thank you for being here. Um, yes, 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 yes. Um, yes. Uh, I was looking at these other comments. Um, so yes, thank you guys all for being here. And as always, you guys can ask myself, of course, my guest, any questions that you want, chime in as well. You're a part of this conversation. It's like as though Christina and I were sitting in a bar celebrating your 21st birthday <laughs> or a coffee right? shop if she doesn't drink. Uh, and you guys are listening to the conversation. So 21 years old, Jiminy, flipping yeah. Christmas, 21 years old. Man, I got <laughs> shirts older than you. Yeah, I know. I got, I got CDs over here. I'm like, do you own a CD? I do. I you do. And, you, you know, want a cassette tape? I have the best music taste. Like people are so surprised, um, but there's a lot of things that I am aware of and indulge in that are definitely older than me. But it is so funny because you know no one knew that I was 
this young on Clubhouse, at least, until Grace told the world. And I love her for that. And one day we were in a room, she was like, oh my gosh, you guys, did you know that she's only, I think I was, I was 20 at the time, or 19, 20. Um, I was 20 at the time. She's like, oh my gosh, you guys, you know that she's 20. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. No one knows. <laughs> really What's I'm cool with that, right? Um, but I've met, you know, such an amazing group of people on Clubhouse, like yourself. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, all I want is to make information accessible to people, whether that's about their entrepreneurial journey, whether that's about marketing, whether that's about strategy, recruitment. Um, if there's any resources that I can provide, I think that's, you know, I think that's my deeper why to be able to provide access to people, because I know that it's sometimes difficult to find, but yeah, 21, uh, the ripe age of 21. It's crazy because I'm like, you know, nothing is, nothing has changed. Everything is the same. Everyone's like hyped this up and I'm like, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me, let me guess, let me guess you, you were, you were, you were not drinking ever before 21, right? I have to be truthful and say I was, but that's only because I was a bartender. So before I went into my business full time, I was teaching and I was also a bartender and I was, you know, working with my clients. So my schedule was so crazy. I would wake up at six. No, I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning, take the bus for two hours to go to the school. And I would work at the school from like 630 in the morning to like 430 in the evening take the bus another two hours and come back to my side of town, work at the restaurant from like seven to one in the morning, then go home and do it again. And I would work for the stuff with my clients on the bus during my lunch break and on the weekends. So I never had any time off. I was working a hundred hours a week. So um, that was so very fun, right? <laughs> But um, yeah, prior to that, that was my, I was around drinks all the time because I was a bartender. So, you know, that that was Christina before the glitz and the glamour, right? Before I was a baby mogul. <laughs> ah, baby mogul. You know, it's funny. I was just, I was just telling somebody, I was doing a pre-interview for a guy that's going to be on the Rollin Scripted Show. We were talking earlier and we were talking about music industry and whatnot. And I, ta- and I, re- I was reminded that I said, oh, yeah, I did a stint in the music industry. And he's like, oh, yeah, what'd you do? And I said, well, I internshiped at uh, Virgin Records in Beverly Hills out here in Southern California. And I said, and he goes, oh, how cool was that? He goes, was that like your full-time gig? And I said, oh, no. I said, I was about, actually, I was probably about 19, 20, 21. Um, and, my, and I said, I said, it was out in Beverly Hills. I said, I lived in Huntington Beach. I said, so I drove my 1969 Dodge Charger that was not like it is now. Um, I drove it probably 65 to 85 miles a day from Orange County up to Los Angeles, went up there and did my internship. And then after that, I drove back down to Los Angeles and did and worked my night job from three to midnight. And then after that, I drove home an hour, depending, and did my homework from like midnight until two. And then I went to sleep and then I got back up at six and I went to the gym and then I went to school and then I went back to the internship and then I went to my job and then I went home and I did my homework. And I did that forever. I did that forever. You know what? I'm sure you say the same thing. When you look at that, sitting on the bus for four hours a day, looking back at it, you would never want to do that again. But in hindsight, didn't that create the character that is now Christina? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, we can look back at these things now and say, oh, my gosh, that was a lot. But when you're doing it, it feels like nothing. It's like, oh, this is my reality, right? Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that that's no different than any client relationship that I have, right? Like I have to learn 
why they put in 40, 60 <laughs> hours a week into their business and why they love it, why it's something that the world needs to hear about. Like being able to dig deep into that passion and them saying, you know, no matter how many hours it's going to take, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm crazy passionate about it. This is why the world needs me and what I do. That's what doesn't feel like work to me because now it's like, okay, well, how do we share that with the world? Right. So, um, you know, and I would, if I had to do it again, I probably would because I absolutely loved everything I did. You know, I love the kids I worked with. I love the restaurant work. It was like a family. I can still go back there now and they'd welcome me with open arms. And I love the clients that I work with. Those clients that I work with during that time were some of the most loyal people that I've ever worked with. And they're still my clients to this day. And it's because of them that I was able to transition full time now, right? So if I had to do it again, I absolutely would in a heartbeat. But, you know, you look back at it and it's like, oh, well, maybe 100 hours was kind of a lot. But, you know, that's just your reality, reality at the time. So that's all you know. Mm -hmm. Rise and grind, rise and grind. Got to right? do it. You got to want it bad enough. You got to want it bad enough. Bingo. We got Lily Wang in the house. Holy crap, Lily. What's hey. up? She says, hi, hi. What's up? Do you know you know Lily, right? I you think so, yeah. Yeah, from Clubhouse. I Good do. to see you, Lily. Thank you for being here. Teresa says, wow, strong lady. And then Robert writes me a book, so Robert knows that I read his books afterwards. Um, Deborah says here, she goes, being productive uh, beats complaining and being complicit. You have self-respect and earned pride. Yes, totally, 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 Deborah. Thank you so much. And uh, she says, you are a great example for kids today and adults too. Yes, Deborah, and you just gave me a jumping off point because I want to talk about this for a second. I'm thinking about that. I'm 52, so we have a little bit of an age difference. But I'm, <laughs> I have a perspective about age and I have a perspective about, you know, everything. So I'm curious, based on what Deborah just said, I'm curious, what do you think that we, quote unquote, adults, us older people, um, should be focusing on and doing during this time of transition when the world is kind of chaotic and there's an opportunity for us to reset? Let your kids take risks if you have kids. Um, you know, take the initiative to support the young entrepreneurs that you know. There's, you know, I think a lot of times um, people are like, oh my gosh, I've never met anyone like you and you're so young and you've got it going on. I'm like, there's so many people like me, but you'll never see them. You'll never know they exist because you never take the initiative to ask. So I think just doing the little things like buying something small or giving them the, the mentorship or introducing them to someone that you think might be able to help them out goes so far. So I say take the step. And if you have kids, you know, allow them to take controlled risks, right? Like with my dad, my dad was my first client and that was a controlled risk. <laughs> I wasn't going out into the deep blue sea. And even when I started taking other clients outside of him, he was always there to help me out with that. So um, I think that's the only way to learn efficiently and effectively. You know, I don't think that you should just hand them everything on a silver platter because a lot of things do have to be learned and they'll take it uh, to heart if you let them have that, you know, that experience on their own. Um, but that's what I would encourage people to do and continue to seek those people out because there's so many just bright individuals like me and, um, they're out there. You just have to look for them. 
Mm, I love that. I love that. And that's actually a great point that we should stress here as well for us older generation. Um, it's something that I do. I haven't been as active with COVID and everything, but mentoring at-risk kids or mentoring kids, you know, and being that example, if you guys are out there successful, whether you're watching this live on the replay or listening to it on the podcast, if you have an expertise or a gift, why not think about transitioning that gift and mentoring at-risk kids? There was something I did for a while. I worked with the Corona Police Department mentoring kids that were in juvenile hall. So I've done that. There's also, if you have time, there's CASA. You can go be a court appointed, um, court appointed uh, surrogate advocate, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I have time to do that. My, my buddy just did that. And she said, it's amazing. She was one of our coaching clients in our group coaching class. And she was looking for meaning and purpose in her life. And, you know, we started talking about it. And she said, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go advocate for kids. And she signed up for CASA. And she and I just checked in with her not too long ago. She's been doing it for about six months, almost a year. And she says, Chris, it's phenomenal. She goes, it's amazing what I'm learning. She goes, but it's tragic, tragic what these kids are going through and what these parents are putting these kids through. So there's a little there's a little public service announcement for everybody out there. If you got a gift and you're an adult, go out there and share that gift because there's a great responsibility we all have. And I've said this before on the show, Christina, we all have a huge responsibility to the youth. And I'm talking about the youth. I'm talking about my son who's five years old. I'm talking about his kids and his kids' kids that we all have a responsibility to, to step up and to prepare the world for the next set of leaders that are going to be coming in. And you are definitely going to be one of those leaders, Christina. So I, I appreciate you being here and being candid. I want to switch gears a little bit and um, and talk about COVID, talk about, you know, the last 18 months to two years. What has that meant for you as far as your generation and your perspective on business and people? What has this taught you? Oh, great question. Um, let's see, for, for me and my business, COVID has been very good to me. <laughs> I know it's been bad for a lot of people, but it's been very good to me. Um, I've got my first couple international clients due to COVID. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's been great and amazing. Um, I will say for, you know, I say young people, I think it's, I think as far as school goes, it's been difficult for them to navigate what that looks like and how those skills will translate into their professional lives, right? So, you know, you're going through a pandemic, possibly you're back at home, maybe you don't have the best home environment, maybe you're more productive, right, when you're on campus, and all of a sudden, all that's been stripped away, and you're on your last, you know, couple semesters of school. So it's like, do I finish? Do I stick it out? Or do I just kind of figure out what this looks like? And I think a lot of kids are saying, let me just figure out what this looks like. Um, so I think that any support that older people that have been there, maybe not, you know, through a pandemic, but been in a similar circumstance where you second guess yourself, um, I think it's really important to reach out to those young people and ask them how they're doing, especially if you know, they're in that, that space with school, um, ask them if they're looking for internships, help them look, you know, help them apply, let them know, you know, what they should be filling out in a cover letter. Because those were a lot of the conversations that I had, you know, like my friends from high school were calling me saying, you know, what should I put on my cover letter when I'm applying for a job? Who should I reach out to? Who should the decision maker be? And, you know, I don't think that those things are necessarily taught in schools or on campuses. And those things still, I think, need to be taught by loved ones and people who care because that conversation comes off a little bit easier, but it's just not accessible in the public school system as a whole. So um i think that's the support that you know people my age are looking for um i think we're also looking for um again just resources you know people to help 
Um, I think that's what everything comes down to, because if you've been there, you've done that, why not share it with the world? You know, even if it's just one person, you don't have to do it to, to everyone. You don't need to start a, a nonprofit to get your message out there, but start small and see where it goes. And I think that that does worlds of difference. Yes, yes, yes. And it seems like the flow of the conversation tonight is going towards, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people. You surrounded yourself. I mean, obviously you, you didn't choose your dad. Well, <laughs> that's another spiritual conversation, but you kind of did. Um, but thinking about surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, surrounding yourself with your dad, surrounding yourself with, with mentors, accountability partners, like you mentioned before, getting on Clubhouse and being around that generation and being around those people. Um yeah, I mean it's it's really true. It's 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 like you know Stephen Covey says, "Who are your five? Who are the five people you're around the most?" And if you guys out there in TV land have never done this exercise, um, it's great. You know, just take a piece of paper and write a line down the middle, and write a line across the top. Do the fashion T and do positive and negative, and write down the five people you're around the most. And be honest; they can't be in between. They're either positive or negative. And if they're not positive, then you need to find new people to fit that that first five because that's so important. Like you know, we teach it in our group coaching program. Like, who is your team? Who's the person you trust? Who's the person that energizes you or empowers you? Who's the person who holds you accountable? And who's your mentor? And when I talk to people, Christina, so many people are like, yeah, I know I should probably get more people. And I'm like, and I ask them about the people they're around. And like, well, yeah, they're kind of toxic, but I don't pay attention to them. I'm like, you're so conscious <laughs> paying attention to them, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what have you what have you gained from the Clubhouse app? Because I, I've been talking to people who have been on Clubhouse. Of course, you've been on there. Um, I share my joy about it. What has it been your experience uh, being on Clubhouse? I think it's been so good. I've been able to make such amazing friends. And, you know, when you say, you know, you're the average of, you know, your five friends, I think that's absolutely true. And it's funny because all of my friends are older than me, you know. So all of my friends are like in their 30s and 40s. Um, some of them are in their 50s. And I'm like, you know, I'm just this 21 year old just figuring it out, right? Uh, but I think it's important. And I think there's a symbiotic relationship with those people and then also people that I consider, consider my mentors, right? Like in the marketing space, realistically, there's not a lot of people that look like me. We're being honest. So being able to learn from people that have, you know, possibly, you know, done more of the traditional route and, you know, done billboards or like uh, TV and radio ads, like that used to be that all marketing was. Um, but being able to have that Rolodex of people and me saying, hey, I, I see this this way. And they're like, oh, I see this another way. And we both learn from each other. I think that's what I've been consciously looking for as I build my base of mentors. Um, because if I don't feel like you can learn from me, then I don't want to feel like I'm doing you a disservice by investing your time in me and what I'm looking to do, right? So um, I think that that kind of dynamic is really important to me. Um, and I think it's important for people to surround themselves with people that are not just like them, but, you know, above and below them. You know, as you reach to other people to help you out and to give you resources, you should be doing the same and bringing other people up in the process. And I think for me on Clubhouse, that's what I really have the ability to do, the ability to say, you know, this is what marketing is. It's not just social media. It's not just running Facebook ads like your marketing you know, whether you have a conscious or unconscious strategy, it's how you reach people. So that might be like you're a part of a mentorship or, you know, a chamber um, that could be part of your marketing strategy. But why not figure out all the little pieces in it? And here's what you can do to start. I think being able to see people put the pieces together and then, you know, they have the light bulb click off in their head is 
so beautiful. And that's why I love Clubhouse because I get to have these ongoing, but also really light and inviting conversations with them and really get to learn like what they're up to, what they're doing. And this last year I've been able to meet so many of them too. And I think that's the best part too. It's like you go from seeing them or hearing them and actually being able to meet them in the flesh, I think is so very awesome and cool. And I've got some great clients from Clubhouse too. They're super awesome. So I'm forever grateful for that app. <laughs> yes, I couldn't agree more. Ray's over here asking, he goes, is Clubhouse still Apple only? Come on, Ray, get out underneath the the, the, the rock. <laughs> no, actually Clubhouse is available for everybody. It's been on Android for quite some time. There's no invitation needed. You can get on there right away. Um, and uh, yeah, Deborah says here, she goes, LOL, Rolodex. It was a real thing now and it's an icon for contacts. Hey, contracts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I had the Rolodex. I thought I was all cool, like spinning my little, my little business cards. Then all of a sudden I had a computer and then I had it on there. I was like, Ooh, it's crazy. It's crazy how fast time goes by. You know, it's crazy. crazy. We were watching. You asked if I had, if I knew what a CD was and you know, every time I use the Rolodex thing a lot. I'm like, Oh, you know, like who's in your Rolodex? I'm like, you know what a Rolodex is? I'm like, yeah, I know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> well, you're, 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 you're true. I wanted to tell you this, and this is, a, this is a definite compliment. You were, you were an old soul. You know, I, know I listening to you on Clubhouse. That's one of the things I love about Clubhouse, and people have heard me talk about it here on the show so many times. But it restored my faith in humanity at a time where I was starting to really wonder if you turned on the news or you turned on social media at that time. You know, it just it, it perceptively you were wondering like, does half the world hate each other? And then you yeah. jump on Clubhouse and you're in a room with a couple hundred people of diverse backgrounds and, and nationalities, sexualities, religious. You have everybody in these rooms and everybody's all cool. And everybody's like, hey, let me pour into you. And hey, oh, you're having a bad day. And you, you've been in there when we've had those conversations where there have been like breakthroughs of people. And there's, I get chills every time I think about it. Not a, not a single fucking person ever said, who did you vote for? Or what's your stance on vaccinations? Or how do you feel about abortion? And do you brush your teeth with fucking Colgate? You know, we never asked any of those questions. So for me, Clubhouse was like such an immediate attraction to realize that, again, when you're in the right spaces and you're just being you, that's one thing Clubhouse taught me because I was just like, I'm just going to be me on Clubhouse. And, you know, I've attracted the vibe. You know, now my group's got over a thousand people in it. And I know I'm not for everybody, but it reassured me that the people I am for really get me like Deborah was saying, like you were saying, um, you know, we've had some great conversations. So for me, it's really taken me back to I'm not going to look at what's on social media. I'm definitely not going to look at what's going on in the news. I'm going to look at the heart of people. And then I, and I tell people when we're in Clubhouse um, is like, you know, let's take this, let's take this feeling, let's take this feeling of family and camaraderie and, and, and lifting each other up. Like you were just saying so perfectly, Christina, and let's extend that out to our families. Let's extend that out to our communities and, and the people that we come in contact with, because we don't know if that person just came out of the grocery store, that might've been a clubhouse person we were just talking to. And we could say, hi, if we knew that person was somebody we'd say hi. So I'm like, I'm always saying hi to people. And I'm just thinking like, you know, most of the people in the world are really, really good. So to your point, uh, it's an incredible app. If you guys haven't been on it, go on there. I'm glad, you know, on the DM to help you guys, you know, pick some rooms and pick some places to go because as you know, now, Christina, it's changed quite a bit and yeah. there's, there's a lot <laughs> of stuff going on. I don't go into those rooms. So it's just kind of like anything else in life, guys, you got to find the right room, find the right people. But, uh, if you guys at all, I know Robert was just asking, um, if you're interested, man, uh, we can, we can set you up. You can hit up me, you can hit up Christina. Um, I'm actually doing a room again tomorrow night. I do a men's room every Wednesday at 5 p.m. It's called uh, the men's group. 
It's something I started just to, as a way of, of helping men process and have a safe space to talk. And normally 80% of my clients are all women. So it was weird for me to say, I'm going to pick a men's group because normally I'm like, ah, men are fucked up. There's no help for them. You know, I'm more of a girl's guy anyway. I've always had girl best friends for the most part. I'm not a man's man. I don't go hunting or I don't like sports and all that shit. Um, I do file my fingernails and I'm not gay, which doesn't matter anyway. But um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Um, when you think about this time that we're going through our lives and you think about the clients that you're working with and you think about now we've got, in addition to COVID, in addition to race relations, you know, which, which I've addressed, um, and you've got um, all this all this other stuff that's going on. Um, what are your thoughts on the fact that we're more similar than we are different? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the only growth that we can have is by hearing people out and truly, you know, as best as you can, listening with an unbiased ear. You know, um, I think that being able to communicate with people is so very important and being able to take the initiative to, you know, reach out to people and ask how they're doing. If you see something that makes you think of them or you may, you might see something in the news that might affect them. Um, those little things I think are really important, even if you don't see completely eye to eye, right? Um, you know, I think that it gives you the opportunity to not necessarily empathize with or, you know, change your mind, but respect the fact that they're a person and this is what, you know, their thoughts and ideas are. And you've taken the initiative to hear them out. I think that that kind of conversation is so very powerful. I think some, you know, that's another thing that I like about Clubhouse. I think in some spaces you get that, but I think in other spaces you, you get people that just aren't willing to hear people out. And I'm like, at the end of the day, you're going to leave with your opinion. They're going to leave with theirs. And you guys are both going to be alive and well, hopefully, right? <laughs> and mm -hmm. the world's going to keep going. So the least you can do is for this, you know, this little moment in time is come together and say, okay, I hear you out, but we can agree to disagree. And that's okay. Mm, I love that. I love that. I was just talking with somebody the other day and they were telling me, they were looking at my, my Facebook social feed and they're like, I went through your feed, Chris. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I've got stalkers. Okay. I'm, I'm getting to that point now <laughs> where people are stalking me and, and saying weird stuff and it's all good. But they said they went through my feed and they said I, they noticed that I wasn't as um, opinionated as, as they thought I might be given that I'm raw and scripted. And, you know, I, I was looking to see if you take sides or what your position is on this. And I really didn't see where you come out making a definitive statement on whether you're for this or against this. And, uh, and I'm just curious, you know, you, you've talked about what, you know, writing or fighting for what's right and what's fair and risking for which that mattered, which is a part of my eulogy. So how do you, what do you think you're teaching your son by not taking a stand and being more decisive and, and being more opinionated and telling your son, like, you know, here's what you do. You stand here and you make your claim. And, you know, of course you listen to people and all this other stuff. Um, so he was kind of curious about that. And I said, you know what, that's a really awesome question. I said, trust me, I think about it a lot. Of course I have opinions. Of course. Um, of course, they could be very strong and they could be very direct and very curt if I wanted them to be. I said, but what I'm teaching my son is the fact that there is not a right or wrong in any of those situations. My belief, it's based on all the conditioning and all the beliefs and all the different traumas and whatnot everybody has gone through. And like, again, like you're saying, the five people that we surround ourselves with, who are the five people that have been around some of these people their entire life? I talked to somebody the other day. They grew up in a cult. I mean, they X, Y, and Z. They they thought that if they went against God, that they were going to die. And I was just like, well, that's ridiculous. But then I just stopped and I sat there and I, I was I was talking to him. I said, 
I said, that's all you ever knew. You never knew any, you had no outside influence. That's all you ever knew. Yeah. Yeah. So I really thought if I went against my dad, that he was talking through God and that I was going to go to hell. And I was like, wow. So it gave me a perspective shift. Cause I'm like, not everybody has that opportunity, whether they're even in public schools or whatnot, they go home and they're just, they're just conditioned and conditioned and conditioned and conditioned to, to have these beliefs. So for me, it's like, I want to be the bridge that for whatever side or whatever happens in the world, whether it's now or later, whatever it is, I said, I want to be the bridge to show my son that we don't sit there and go, ah, you were wrong. <laughs> I was right. Neener, neener, neener. Stupid to be you. That I want to be like, hey, hey, we all make mistakes. It's all, come on, come on. Let's, you know, let's talk about that. Let's, let's see where the root problem is and let's see what we can do together to kind of get your, get your opinion and get your attitude a little bit straightened out. And when I said that, I noticed it was on a Zoom call. It was an introduction call. Mm-hmm. Then he kind of stepped back and he's like, he goes, wow, you really are different. And I said, yeah, I am. I said, uh, I said, I really tried to pride myself on being that. I said, trust me, I have moments. I just, I publicly, I'll state this. I had a moment on Saturday or Friday. I was just sick of some people posting hate stuff. And I post, if you hate, if you continue to post hate, then you can fuck the fuck off. Done. And I was just like, cause I, I just snapped. I was like, I'm so sick of people. And then I'm like, I take a deep breath and I'm like, all right, Chris, you know, that was a little bit of a moment. You know, you, you got it out a little bit. Um, but again, just trying to be there, be that bridge for people. But sometimes you can't be. And that's part of the that's part of the uh, the conversation that we get to have. But um, in your circle of friends, in in your in your vision of what humanity can be, where do you where do you, where would you like to see humanity in the next ten or fifteen years from your perspective? Ooh, that's a that's a big question. Um, Got a few of those. I I hope that we are able to respect people's lived experiences, right? You know, I think that, you know, for me as a black woman, I have a very unique experience navigating this world. And I think that sometimes, you know, I hear opinions or things that are said and I'm like, well, this completely disregards everything (laughs) that I've ever experienced, you know? And it might be something as simple as saying like, oh, I don't think that racism exists. And I'm like, well, why would you, (laughs) right? Let me guess a white person said that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I think that the more that people can understand that people (laughs) have had different experiences and that doesn't, you know, lessen anything, but that you should respect them and hear them out for that. Because, you know, you might be talking about something that they or, you know, their families have encountered for, for generations, but it hasn't been your lived experience. So you would never know. And I think that the more that society can become active listeners and say, you know, hey, I will respect that this is how, you know, you navigate the world and it's completely different than me. And this is what I can do to, you know, make life a little bit better for you, even if it's just something small. Um, I think that that's that's so needed. I think that I hope that we can find more community. You know, I hope that we can support one another just a little bit more. Um I hope that we can hold people accountable when they're doing something that's not so great. And instead of just, you know, hitting the block button or like never talking to them again, saying like, yo, I didn't like that. And I think, you know, now I'm at that point where I have cut a lot of people off, (laughs) but um, for the people that I do have within my circle, I speak up a lot. And like, even my clients will say it like, if you don't think something's good, Christina, you're going to tell me. And that's, I'm so straightforward in that because I think that that's 
needed. I think that if you see something wrong, speak up about it, speak out and, you know, do what you can as an individual to help them see the other side. And if you can't, you can't, but at least you can say that you tried, right? That was beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, thank you. Oh, we got some, um, we got some other people in the house. We got Alexandra. What's up, Alex? Good to see you. She goes, she goes, there, she, there he is. Alex and I are on the board of directors for Help Heal Humanity. And we had a nice long conversation today on the board meeting. So thank you for being here, Alex. I appreciate you being here. Um, and Deborah says here, Archie Bunkers in the world. Archie <laughs> Bunkers in the world. Let me ask you, do you know who Archie Bunkers? No, I don't. I was going to say, that's ah. one that I don't know. So now you have to enlighten me. <laughs> now I have to enlighten you. Um, yeah. So, so this is, this is, a, this was a seventies TV show. I was a little kid growing up in a black neighborhood, uh, which is funny. I was grew up in Inglewood. Um, my mom and my mom and everybody watched the show and it was basically this white, um, how would you describe Archie Bunker? He was, he wasn't racist, but he was just insensitive. He was just an insensitive old man. Um, and then his son, um, was always trying to get him to think differently about society and politics. And, and so they, you know, he was more, uh, the son was, uh, the son was more hippie and progressive and, you know, granola crunching and, uh, Archie's daughter was more like that. And he was just like, nah, nah, I don't want to do it. And, you know, the wife was just more, Oh, Archie, what can we do? But he was just always opinionated and he wasn't, he had black friends and everything, but he just was always snarky. So that's why she was saying Archie bunkers in the world. I was like, Oh my God. Wait, that's, like that's Archie, cool. like the, like the comic? No, 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 no. It's a okay. TV character. It was, uh, okay. it was played by you. Carol. Well, you I wouldn't know that. You know. Okay. See, look, like, now, I need, now I need to go watch like some Archie Bunkers because that sounds super dope. <laughs> when I was a kid, I really didn't get it. But when I got older, I got it and it was more comedic. I don't know what I, I haven't seen it in years and years and years. It'd be interesting to see what my pers what my perspective on it would be right yeah. now. Would I be like, well, that's fucked up? Or would I be like, oh, right, he's okay. He's just a little stupid. Right. I think I'd probably just say that. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's probably just a little bit stupid because I remember he did, <laughs> the, the point of the show was that he progressively became more comfortable with with not being that traditional form of himself that he thought he had to be mm -hmm. if i had to summarize that um but yes 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 scott goyette's in the house my fellow co-host on the on my friday night show the unfiltered experience he says what's up he says uh keep growing keep being the light yes 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 scott is the light um and what else we got here we got uh um, oh, raise, raise, see, raise my right hand, man. He's my, he's my wingman. So there we are. Help heal humanity.org. Of course, of course, of course, we've got some great things coming up with that organization. Um, all in the family. Yeah. That was the name of the television show was all in the family. Ah, okay. Gotcha. So Deborah, okay. I have to, I need to look at it now. So she said it was on at Nick and Matt. I'm sure you can probably find it on YouTube, but, uh, um, so holy crap. We've been talking for nearly an hour, Christina. Yeah. Wow. So I want to ask you one final question that I want people to um, I want people to know where they can get a hold of you, get in contact with you. So going back to the kind of the business side of things and what we're going through right now, and it was one of my questions earlier that I got derailed, but thinking about everything that's going on and thinking about people returning to work and you work with culture, um, you work with organizations and, and being able to retain people and leadership. What are some things that leaders today need to be sensitive about with what everybody has gone through in the last 18 months? Oh, absolutely. I think that we need to be sensitive of, um, you know, working statuses have changed, you know, working remotely does or doesn't work for some people. Like for me, I've always worked remotely. So when the pandemic happened, I was like, cool, this is the same thing I've always been doing. But I had a lot of colleagues that were like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, right? So being sensitive to 
the people's work styles just in general, whether that's in person, whether that's virtual, um, you know, if their work situation has changed, you know, if they have a partner and maybe the partner's out of work, maybe they're looking for more hours, you have those available, extend that opportunity to those people before you go out and do a new hiring initiative. I think that's really important. Um, be sensitive to the fact that people's family structures may have changed. You know, there's a lot of people that lost loved ones during the pandemic. I, I was definitely one of those people. Um, so being sensitive to those things and, you know, people might still be grieving or coping with trauma um, and being back home full time. So I think having a listening ear for people, I think is really important right now. And, you know, I think the the challenge in the recruitment space is is truly that there's a there's a lot of people that are hiring and they're like, well, no one wants to work. But I think people are now holding you know, they're potential employers responsible. They're saying, well, I don't have to go and work a nine to five. I can drive Uber. I can drive Lyft. I can open an Etsy shop. Uh, so what are you going to provide me with that's, you know, going to be different than those things? So I think that people that have a team should be considering what they're truly offering to people beyond monetary gain, right? Are you going to pay someone $8 an hour? They're going to work 40 hours a week. You want them to do all the boring stuff they don't they don't really thrive in. Um, how can you find that little thing that they can be excited to go to work for? And how can you, you know, show them that you care about what they're doing outside of the workplace as well? I think that's really important. I agree. I agree. I agree. I am paying attention, but I just realized that I did not put your social links inside my little cute little banner thing. <laughs> so uh, because I didn't have my computer, but uh, I want to put this in here for you. Where can people get a hold of you? Of course, it's uh, booking.ksmg.us. And you can go there to book a time to chat with me. Um, we can have a, a virtual coffee session. Um, but yeah, that's the, the best and probably the only way to get directly to me. Um, so I encourage you guys to do that. If you ever need any help within the Clubhouse streets, um, my tag on Clubhouse is KSMG as well the name of my business. Um, but if you're looking for any help in the marketing or recruitment space, I am always, always here to lend an ear or help you out with that. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much. I'm going to place you backstage. Ladies and gentlemen, Christina Sanderson, make sure you connect with her. I'm going to put you backstage. Don't go anywhere. You're going to see me close out the show and then we can have a little chat afterwards. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here on the Ron Unscripted Show, my dear. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another 54-minute episode of the Raw and Scripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, and my awesome guest tonight, Christina Sanderson. Please connect with her. Let her know in the comments here what you think. Uh, any advice that you could possibly uh, hit her up with, go ahead and connect with her. And let's just think about this conversation right now. Thank you, Ray. You're amazing. He put it up there. Raise my boy. Raise my boy. So thank you for being here. Um, so let's just think about this. Who are the people in your life right now? Who are the people right now? When you think about the people that are supporting you, are they in your corner? Do they have your back? Do they have your best interest in what it is that will lift you up and that will create enthusiasm and passion in your life? Because listen, ladies and gentlemen, you only get to wake up so many times. You only get to wake up so many times. You get to go to work. You get to go do something. 
why not choose in this particular moment in time to surround yourself with the right people, get coaches, get mentors, get accountability partners, get somebody in your life that's going to hold you accountable so that you can achieve those results so that you don't wind up with regrets when you get older in life. You know, it's amazing the people that are coming to me right now as coaching clients. They're like, Chris, you know, I just didn't realize how fast time was going to go by. And you start putting that, you start thinking about calendars, you start thinking about what it is that you truly want to do and what legacy you want to leave. What legacy do you want to leave? What impact do you want to leave? What ripple do you want to set in motion that creates a, a, an opportunity to say, my life wasn't wasted. My life means something. You know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, if you have the capacity and you have the gifts, go out there and be a mentor. Go out there and be a mentor to at-risk kids. Go out there and be a, a mentor to big boys and, and or, you know, the, I don't even know that boys and girls club. Go do that. Go look at it being a CASA representative. We talked about that earlier. There's great gifts that we can do to leave a ripple effect with the youth of our nation. We just had a beautiful example here with Christina being here, 21 years old. She took responsibility, took action for her life at 14 years old, went to her dad and said, hey, let me help you out. He said, all right, you want to help me out? We're going to go through some tough stuff. She rode the bus two hours to work, two hours back to work and went to another job after that. And she hustled and she grinded. And so many of us right now, it pisses me off how many people are saying, oh, Chris, did you see this on on Netflix and Netflix? I'm like, of course, you know, watching one or two shows is great, you know, on an afternoon, binge watching something. But when you're constantly watching Netflix, or you're constantly not paying attention to what it is that you could be learning and growing with, then that is really a, a situation that is going to result in regret. Let's just be honest. When you're spending more time avoiding your life and avoiding the things that you should be paying attention to, guess what? Ultimately, that's going to still come back up because life has a way of slapping us in the face saying, hey, I told you, I gave you these warning signs. I did a podcast on it a couple of months ago um, about signposts, right? We ignore the signpost. They're still going to come up. I had a signpost on my computer. It was making noises and I was like, ah, it'll be all right. It's probably just the CD player. And then this morning it crashed. I wasn't, I was not paying attention to the signpost. So I got to spend my entire day going out getting another computer and getting it set up so I could sit here and do the show tonight. Um, so we have these opportunities within ourselves. Again, if you watched me from the top of the show, I said my intention tonight was that you guys walk away with a perspective shift, a strategy, a mindset, something that is that you can do that you could start incorporating either tonight or tomorrow in your in your in your daily program. And Christina talked about it. You know, what is what is it that you're what is it that you're why? What is it that you're passionate about? What is it that's going to keep you fired up in those times where you got to ride the bus for two hours? You know, life is not going to be easy, ladies and gentlemen. It is going to be challenging, but I can tell you one thing. It's always going to be worth it if you're giving your best and you're going after your dreams. So if there is something that you're not going after and you want the No Excuses Coach in your corner, please reach out to me. If you haven't had a complimentary coaching session, hit me up. I will send you the link. It's an hour with me for free. It's just my way of giving back and getting a chance to meet some of you guys. And we work on one issue and then you walk away from that with strategies and tactics to be able to solve that issue. That's my gift. That's what I've been doing since the beginning of COVID, just a way of sharing my gifts with you guys, because I know a lot of you out there are struggling. I know a lot of us have situations in our life where we're sometimes we could feel like we could go down the rabbit hole and not ever come out of it. Trust me. I know that today was one of those days, but I stayed away from them. I was like, all right, just practicing my strategies, doing my breathing, doing my intentions, focusing on what's most important, realizing that it's not happening to me, it's happening for me. And that is the greatest gift in life. So I am so honored that you guys have been here with us tonight, whether you're live again or on the replay. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. I appreciate you guys so, so much. Um, yeah. Ray says here, big brothers and big sisters. Oh, Deborah says here, she goes, I'm a hospice volunteer. Ooh, Deborah, mad, mad respect, mad respect. I read um, the five regrets of the dying, which was written by a hospice nurse. And that I got to a point in that book where it fucked me up. I had to stop reading it. 
Um, so thank you for doing that. You are an angel. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Robert says here, I am the supporter of me and many. Thank you, Robert, for being here. Robert also says here, he goes, thank you, Christina and Christopher. Ray says, thank you, Christina and Chris. Uh, appreciate you guys. You guys are truly my misfits for life. Um, I love each and every one of you. Pamela Aubrey also says here, says for sure, there are lots of opportunities. Yes, Pam, thank you for so much for being here. Uh, I will watch your polo in just a little bit. Uh, and we got Ray here. Yes, Ray is a mental health advocate. Yes, you are. Own that shit, baby. Um, actually, October 10th of this month is uh, mental, mental Awareness Day, I believe it is. That's why I'm doing my men's group on Clubhouse tomorrow about men's mental health. So um, if you get a chance to get on Clubhouse tomorrow night at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we'll be talking about men's health there. You're, of course, invited there. Uh, Deborah says, usually when you are giving, you will get more back. Amen, sister. Amen, amen, amen. I couldn't tell you how many times I've been in a shitty mood and I went and volunteered or did something nice and I felt way, way better. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Deborah also says here, thank you, Deborah. She says, giving is a gift you give yourself. True, true, true. So what is the gift you guys are going to give yourselves tonight? Please, please, please hit me up in the chat. Hit me up privately. Let me know what you got out of this conversation. And again, we'll be here next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Ron and Scripted Show. Meanwhile, go out there, be beautiful, be awesome, and be kick-ass. I love you guys. We'll see you next week here on the Ron.